In today's episode of the Perception Podcast, I revisit my conversation with the irrepressible Daryl Hembra. Daryl continues to tell his story, this time focusing on how, after reconstructive surgery, he literally found his voice against the odds. Please join me as we look at life through a different lens. So I said about the Vipers syndrome and all the bone structure being odd. And I think it was to do with Pfeiffer and the bone structure. But when I had the, I had a trachea, yeah. tracheostomy in the neck. When I had that, my airway collapsed. Yeah. Uh, and this is when you and this was when you were about six or seven, was that correct? Six, seven, eight, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um I had a small airway anyway, and I had like the smallest tracky tube, I think. Yeah. Like a, like a baby's one. And they I think they contacted people around the country, maybe okay. even the world, to see if they could do something with my airway to, yeah. to rebuild it the only ones that said they could was great ormond street hospital yeah. yeah and so they did they used my rib ribs cartilage etc yeah. yeah to rebuild my airway yeah they said that i would there's a there's a chance that i won't be able to speak again because with the collapse of the airway it took the vocal cords with it whoa uh so when i did start talking again uh we assumed there was some healing of vocal cords yeah and i could talk because I was talking amazing and, so, and, you, ha- and you haven't stopped since uh, <laughs> so before I did the stand up I was at home doing something or what I just general and I wondered what was going on in my throat mm. and so I went back to the GP I went to, they sent me back to Ear, Nose and Throat Clinic mm. in Bristol, where I used to go. And they put the camera up my nose, down my throat, had a look. I was struggling a bit with the with the tube being shoved up and down. Mm. Um, Can't have been very pleasant. I've had it done before, but I recall that time being quite unpleasant, mm. more unpleasant than I'd remembered. And I came, they, they took the camera out, I came to, and they were, for because of no better term, their jaws were on the floor. Mm. Uh, bar maybe the specialist, uh, the woman who I think was speech and language mm. 
right, she was the one that called me into the room. And there were about six, seven people there, including my mum, uh, all, all medical staff. Yeah. And this person ran out of the room, across the waiting room, where my dad was still sitting. She was running. Mm -hmm. So he was there going, he knew her because she called me in. He's shitting himself because she's running Mm -hmm. across the waiting room. She runs back. She's got one of those uh, like models of the human body of all the organs that you come and move. Mm -hmm. And she says, you see that bit there in the in the model, the, the, the vocal cords? And I went, yeah. She took them out of the model and she went, well, you don't have them. What? You don't have vocal cords? She was like, you basically don't have the vocal cords because of the airway collapse and they haven't <gasps> rehealed. So... Yeah. Um, so you don't. So hang on a minute. So saw, Dar- we saw the we saw the the camera view, and we saw pictures and videos of what it should be, so we could see the difference of what it should be and what I don't have. Yeah. And what I have, and yeah, um, yeah. That's so. So you don't. So you don't have, so you're speaking without vocal cords? Yeah, basically. Um, they say I use my, I mean, no one knows for sure, but they say I use my diaphragm. So I, I explain it like. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm so I'm not surprised people's jaws are on the floor because that's I, incredible. I explain it like if you think of an opera singer mm. or just someone classical using even anyone like Freddie Mercury or something Mm. using the diaphragm to sing and they've got the vocal cords to do it Mm. Mm. I guess I'm kind of doing that but without the vocal cords but that's insane because sort of anatomically and my hey I'm no I'm no doctor here but but the the diaphragm is what you know, forces the air up and the and the vibration of the vocal cords are what creates, as I, I believe, are what creates the sound. So if you've got the air being forced up and there's nothing to vibrate, how the hell can you speak? <laughs> it's it's no, nuts. I, no idea. Um, I had a bit of speech and language therapy when I was younger. And I think it was just using what got they never, they oh never went to. God. They never went to the base of it. That's, they never that's, went. They never went. Well, how could they explain it? That's the thing. It's kind of inexplicable, isn't it? Really. So I went thirty, thirty years, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a bit more. Maybe a bit less, even. Mm. Not knowing. What was going on? Actually, no, it would have been less. It would have been 20-something years. 20-something years, yeah. But that's that's absolutely incredible. And that's absolutely uh, incredible. So you can 
Sorry. It's... It's, yeah, it's difficult, but I'm used to it. So is it, when you speak, is there any pain or does it just feel there is pain? Sometimes. sometimes. I need to, I drink and all that. To hydrate, to, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't do as much as I should. I get, I know I've got one of those face, uh, like, makeup face things, the steamers. Yeah, yeah. Which I try and yeah, so, yeah. help open the Humidifier, it's a humidifier, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love, I'd, I'd love a better one, but yeah. Um, yeah. A portable one would be nice. Oh my God, it'd be amazing. I think... It's more grinding on. But... But so that's incredible because I was going to say what also makes you so uniquely you is your fantastic voice. You've got a really fantastic accent. Obviously, a Bristolian accent is amazing. No, but it is. It, <laughs> I know you're making faces, but it is. It's great. And um, but also the the timbre of your voice and the tone of your voice is really intrinsically and uniquely you and now you've explained even more so you know it's it really is and it also it's quite miraculous really that you're able to talk at all so yeah wow i, I get yeah like human evolution or something just yeah it's amazing it's it's, it's one of the things that I really think about when I talk about it because yeah, more so than the rest of it because I'm actually talking about not shouldn't be able to do the thing that I'm actually doing to yeah. communicate with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but yeah, it can be difficult. I get compared to, it's weird, I get compared to singers that I actually like. <laughs> so do you sing? Or is this your No, no, I want to. I yeah. wanna I wanna use my voice. So Well you stopped. are. But the thing is, this is it, Daryl. You are using your voice and coming on here and speaking is you using your voice again, as well. Again in different ways I'd like to use my voice in yeah. different ways. And if someone went, I want you to sing and they can help me. Then yeah, I give yeah. it a bash. If somebody yeah. said something else, yeah, I, I just want to. Yeah, they said to me that I think I said, "Will I ever use lose my voice?" And they were like, "As usual in my life, medical, spe- <laughs> medical, medical specialists were just like, fuck knows." Yeah, well, they don't, do they? No, because yeah. also it's it's. A lot of it, really. Uh, again, this is our perception of of the medical world and medical specialists about we're, we're trusted. And they did and obviously have done over the last, you know, 250 operations with you. They've done an incredible amount of work and an incredible job. But their knowledge stops short because it's you who are in your body. The people who know our bodies the best are ourselves, really. And and there is that and, and the way that and, and you being able to speak is a, a prime example of that. Yeah, it's 
Where there's I, a will, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, and I, I never tried to talk. Mm. That's what they say. Did you try and do it? I was like, no, you right? just did it because you believed yeah. that you. It, I, well, again, isn't it interesting? You, you. Just imagine if they told you and they'd impregnated the idea into you that you wouldn't be able to speak. And if that and that suggestion. And how would that then have been, you know, because you didn't have that suggested to you, presumably. I don't know if you did or you didn't, but it's. It, it seems that when we have things suggested to us, we kind yeah. of subliminally take those yeah. things as the truth and then they affect us in, oh, you, oh well, you're going to be sick. It's as, just like, as, then you're sick. As far as I know, all they said was, Daryl may not be able to talk again. Yeah. And all this happened before, a lot, before my voice broke. Yeah. As well, so... Yeah. I never, my voice never broke. Yeah. Yeah, because there was nothing to break. Yeah, no. I've been talking, I used to, I used to ring people up as a kid and I'd never leave a message. Mm -hmm. And all they'd hear is my heavy breathing. (laughs) If you didn't know, you'd think of the pervert on the line. And do you, and do you, and why didn't you leave a message? Why, what was? I don't know, I don't know. Do you think that you had a? I don't. Did, yeah, I'm not sure. I, did you? But did you? How did you view your voice? Did you have any view towards, your, or was it just your voice? I think I don't know. I don't recall. I don't recall viewing it in any way. Yeah, you just accepted it. That was your People voice. People around me were the ones that told me about the heavy breathing and stuff. I used to yeah. get croup. I was in hospital for loads of breathing stuff. Yeah. Like croup and a really bad croup. And, and croup, uh, can you describe what croup is? What kids have, I think. Breathing it's like stuff. A, I, yeah, I'm a not lot, sure. Is it, is it a, a lot of collection of mucus that is like, very difficult to cough I know up? I, used to, I know I used to sound like, <sighs> yeah. like that kind of... <laughs> nebulizers and yeah. paramedics coming to the house and refusing to take me to the hospital and all that. Yeah. Why would they refuse to take you to the hospital? Because they have a they have a box which uh yeah conditions and people are in. The label, yeah. Yeah. Oh it'll be alright, just give him a nebulizer. As soon as this nebulizer stops, he's fucked. Mm. And We'd have to like threaten them to put me in there, and I say threaten like my brother going, "If you don't put him in the ambulance, we're commandeering it." <laughs> and they go, "All right." Mm. That mm. happened. That happened once or twice. I don't remember, yeah. but I've heard about it. But yeah, just I don't recall everything in about my voice negatively. Mm. It's just accepting it. Or purposely. I don't I don't recall thinking about it purposely positively. I don't forget I don't remember thinking about it purposely in any way, to be honest. Mm. 
Because it's a strange thing because when you go and you do vocal training, a lot of people, like I went, when I went uh, as a drama school, our first year was a lot on working with your voice and also being able to really connect and speak, but to have your voice supported by your diaphragm and also really connect, freeing the natural voice. You know, there are lots of books about how to free your voice because the majority of people don't actually use their full voice. They're not really connected with their voices fully and they don't even know that. So it's interesting because people, a lot of people in the performance field do have a thing about their voices. People who aren't in the performance field, as I say, you know, public speaking is one of the things that most people fear the most that is standing up and, and speaking in front of other people. I mean, again, that made that may be, <laughs> he just said, I love it. That yeah, I, love I, it. I love it too. But it, it may be to do with the sound of their voice. It may, and being, and the sound being judged. It may be to do with the content of what they have to say and being judged on that. But there is a, a massive anxiety around that. I, Whereas, you know, you, you love speaking. Yeah. I went to, there was a vocal coach in Bristol and they did like some drop-ins. And they'd be there and they'd do it, doing these exercises and they'd be going high and I'm just, I'll just be there going, yeah, nah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. My eye yeah. is deep. Yeah. Well, you've got a very deep voice, which is a very but, distinctive voice. But I get, I think I even, I will happily randomly message someone just mm-hmm. be like, you're a vocal coach. I don't have the vocal cords. Here's a voice message. How are we gonna to work together? How are you gonna how are you gonna help me on that one? And I'll be there yeah. going, what? Yeah. yeah it's, it's but yeah, I'd like to I get I say I I get compared to other people, most of the time it's Tom Waits. Yeah. And uh, you've got that kind it's of like gravelly. I love Tom Waits. Yeah. Um and I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah, you've got that same sort of gravelly kind of quality can, to your voice. I can't play the piano or any instruments like that, um, but I'm not sure I have timing when it comes to singing, but yeah. I'll give it a bloody go. And that's all you can do. <laughs> Thank you once again for tuning in. Please like, share and follow. And if you are a man over 18 in Bristol, please join Daryl and John Wiggin at their Emerson's Green Talk Club. Thank you, and catch you next time on another episode of the Perception Podcast.